All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Check Your Six podcast. Me, Warlock Recall, once again hosting, and my sidekick, co-host, Syntax, on the other side. Welcome back from the holiday break. Been a long while since we've gotten a chance to talk some Siege. In fact, most of our uh, prep, which is actually extending why this... <laughs> Why we're getting started a little bit later was actually what we we're catching up on for the most part <laughs> and both of us catching up on this week's matches from the north american pro, or pro league that kicked off on monday but before we dive into those matches we are going to talk a little cr6 because that's really about how much information and content there really is just a little this time yeah Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh no, you're good. Uh, so for the most part, um, we're we're settled. There's two matches left to be done, actually. So, and both of those are in the open division playoffs. So these are the that next chunk of uh, teams down from the Premier League. So these are the what is that? The I don't even remember what teams they are because there was like 64 teams in the Premier League. So this is like. 65th through 128th overall. Uh, we have Northern Arizona University, number one seed, versus Iowa State University, number four, uh, coming up in the, what is that, semifinals. The winner of that will go on to play University of Kentucky in the finals. Uh, University of Kentucky was, I believe, ranked sixth overall, so... These were all teams who are very familiar familiar with each other throughout their playoffs because they were probably neck and neck with each other or playing some very similar opponents along the way. Uh, yeah, University of Kentucky was sixth. Uh, there's no date for either the uh, Northern Arizona University and Iowa State University match nor the winner of that and University of Kentucky. So... We don't know when that's going to wrap up, so that's the open playoffs, and that's fun. Um, outside of that, the only real news and congratulations that are in order is for Akron, who ended up winning the Premier League versus Simon Fraser. Now, Simon Fraser, I want to give crazy kudos to them. They must have shown some tremendous growth over the over the league um, season. Because they were like 37th after the end of phase one, they went like two and two, or they sorry they went three and three and one in phase one, and so that dropped them down to like 37th overall. But then in phase two, they went two and two, so they climbed just a little bit, and they were like 22nd overall. But then when they got into the playoff or into phase three, they defeated some really impressive opponents let me bring that up real quick because th this is the team the, like akron they were ranked number one the entire time basically they they just rode win after win after win akron went through ryerson black university of utah ohio state university uh uah charger blue uh, they were 40th but they came charging on through a lot of other opponents like Ole Miss Red. Um, but then Akron also beat CSULB, their Division One team. So that was a team that was, the last two seasons have been always in that top eight, top four kind of position. And so CSULB was number four, and they beat them. Akron beat them two to one. Uh, but Simon Frazier, albeit Simon Frazier did lose to Akron, so congratulations, Akron. You won number one it was kind of to be expected but if we dive back into simon frazier's history they were 11th seed overall they beat colorado university boulder black who was a huge competitor to texas a&m and akron and um all the other top five teams cu boulder black was seventh overall and then Simon Fraser also beat AM Alpha, so rip, number three seed. Yeah. That was a pretty big rip on our end. And then University of Louisiana, 38th. Um, Esports at Iowa Gold, 22nd. 
and RPI 43rd, or sorry, uh, Ohio State University different team, uh, 54th seed. So like, yeah, they played some lower seeded teams, but they also played some really good teams. And again, coming from a team that was like 37th overall, to climb up to 11th by the time they got to the final playoffs, the phase three playoffs, and then to still take a map off of Akron, which was something that not many other teams were able to do. Like CSULB was the only team that was able to take a map off of uh, Akron during the phase three playoffs. So for Simon Frazier to do the same thing and be in, in that same league as CSULB, fourth seed and now 11th seed, like that tells you the, the growth that Simon Frazier really went through this season. And it's, it's entirely commendable about how they adapted to everything going on. My mic was muted. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, um, Simon Fraser. You know they. I don't. Know, I don't want to say they came out of nowhere, but they came in pretty strong. Um, and we had prepared pretty pretty meticulous. Well, I don't. I shouldn't say we. I wasn't playing on the team, but A and M prepared pretty meticulously <laughs> um, for the match against Simon Fraser, and we. You know they did. You know they did their research and. and Prepared strats and everything, and came in and Simon Fraser just just outplayed us. Um, they played really well, uh, and they just they deserve the win. They just they they deserve to get as far as they did because they were an excellent team. So, congrats to them for making it all the way to the finals, um, and then also congrats to Akron for for winning. I'm gonna reach out to both teams and maybe see if we can get someone to come on as a guest over the next couple of weeks, just so that we have a little more CR6 context about how the season wrapped up and what they were expecting going into that grand final match. But yeah, both teams clearly played very well. I'm going to dig in and get some more of the details about how that went. And like I said, hopefully we can have one of the one or both of them on as a guest over the next couple of weeks while we wait to find out more about what the spring season is going to be like for CR6. And one thing I've been playing with is not just covering CR6 because there's a, there's at least two other R6 leagues, collegiate R6 leagues that I'm aware of. That it might be good to get a little more flavor, find out a little bit more about some of the other schools that may not be participating in this league, or even following the Texas A&M Team Four that was uh, playing in a different league than CR6. So we will. Try and look into that. I'll see what other kind of collegiate content we can pull up. And um, while we have these bye weeks, I'm going to look more into even other guests as well. See if we can get a play day going on and uh, just do some casual streams, perhaps. Yeah, I think um, I think the CEA league. Maybe I, I, if I remember correctly, I think that they are going to be having a lot more casted matches. So I think it might be. Um, a little bit easier to keep up with them, um, you know, checking VODs and watching matches and all that stuff. So um, I think it might be a good idea to broaden our horizons and uh, and go check them out. I agree. I mean, it, it's one thing to dive into these things and try and pull data out of people, but it's it, a lot of the community aspect of it wasn't it didn't seem to be there this fall. Like it was there last spring. And maybe this was just kind of that test bed of like trying some changes and then get out to more of a broadcasting strategy in the spring. I don't know. I don't have any insight into that. But this fall season was definitely lacking a little bit of that polish that was there from the last season. So I, I would like any any amount of information, any amount of VODs or clips or anything is super helpful for us to have something to digest and talk about. But without some of that, it's just, it's just syntax and I trying to piecemeal some rumors and like scraps of information going on together. And like you, you are getting fed information because your team is playing these matches. They mm -hmm. have some strategy and they, you know, a little bit about their habits and everything. So 
that made it a little easier to talk about their matches, which might have been why we talked about their matches a little bit more than anyone else, probably. Yeah, you know, if I could say something, uh, you know, if if any CR6 staff happens to listen to this episode or, or watching right now, it's for the community side, you know, we shouldn't have to be playing detective to find out, like, the stats and all this stuff for a public league, you know? If you want... You know, stats and stuff shouldn't be kept internal, and I don't... I mean, obviously, you guys aren't doing that on purpose, but they need to be more more open, like um, like individual match stats, um, player stats, stuff like that needs to be more out in the open, um, especially, like, for, for people like us, you know? And having those stats out there isn't just to have them out there, you know? If you want your league to grow, um, you know, people like us who are sitting here trying to give trying to give your, your league um, visibility, and it only helps you guys if we can see all this stuff and start broadcasting it and start talking about your league more, a lot more effectively because we have all this information. Um, I, you know, I, I feel like we missed 60, 60 to 70 percent of a lot of the information that could have been said out there because we couldn't find it. Um, I know that there's a lot of community casters and stuff that that do this, but trying to figure out who casted a match is nigh impossible because what happens is, you know, in your Discord, people have the looking for caster like, oh, you know, if you need your match casted, DM me. Well, you know, they DM, they get their match casted, but nowhere on the Discord says, <laughs> hey, I'm br- I am br- a casting match of X versus X. Nowhere on it. It's this match is casted in secret, and it, you'd have to you have to ask every single individual team. Hey, did your match get casted? Hey, did your match get casted? Hey, did your match get casted? Like, and who casted it? And then having to go and find that stuff, you know, I would say have a Discord channel of casters saying, "Hey, I am casting this match." So then I can go. You know, people like us can go into that that channel and be like, "Okay, I'm trying to look for this match." Oh, here it is, you know, and then I can go and, and, and find it in that in that in that caster's bots. Um, yeah, so that may I mean, be a good idea I mean, to take in place. We there is certainly a certain amount of legwork that we're willing to do because we care about this game. We care about this league mm-hmm. even, but we're not Richard Lewis. We're not trying to get the behind the scenes dirt on everything and like really trying to understand like from a like a, a journalist perspective like that or at least that's not my goal my, my goal is not to be a journalist i want to like you said bro, like bring out this league and let people know that it exists and that there's something here to watch and be a part of but this season was definitely hard to feel like a part of something it was very much here's the matches look for the updates on battle fight and it's just like, well, that that's not juicy. It's not good coverage. We have we don't have clips, nothing of that going on. So like, you know, there there's so many Battle rules. Fight, and re- Go ahead. And on Battlefy, we can't even see the the individual match. You know, like we get, we always see is like two zero or two one. Okay, well, <laughs> how okay? Like I need I need to know or like or sometimes it just says who won. Like okay, that's great. I understand they won. How did the match go? I need to be able to click on that and say, okay, you know, you know, they these guys like won round one. These guys won round two. This guy, these guys won round three. You know, like, um, just stuff like that. And I mean, for the ninety percent of like all the back end stuff of like all the rules and regulations and making thing, making sure teams were following those regulations. I mean, you you found a cheater, and it. It created consequences in the league and that was a big deal so all of the bylaws and rules and everything are being rightly enforced can we get a requirement to submit a VOD from at least one player's perspective so that we can see the game maybe it's not streamed but like there you go there's your details like I would load up a, I would download a two gigabyte video just to go to the end of each map to see the scoreboard so I can start putting together some data. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I definitely don't want to rag on anyone. Like I don't know the back ends of what happened with CR six this year. What was, what was the goal of this last season, but something changed. It was very different and it was hard to feel like 
we could really make these players and these teams shine for the efforts that they're doing. But I'm excited to see what happens in the spring. But we're just not going to rest on our laurels and hope things get better. We're going to be providing feedback. We'll have those conversations. We'll look at other places as well just to see how we can benefit all of the schools and the players playing. I hold no allegiance to a league. I just want to do what's right for this community of players. Yeah, and we're and we're not trying to. I I hope that none of this league staff like take this personally. Like we're not trying to rag on on your league or anything. We're just trying to help you, trying to make you know the outside people looking in feel more included in the information uh, about the league. Rather than like if you're in the league, you know you know what's going on. But if you're outside the league, you don't. And you have to talk to people in the league to find out information what's going on in the league. So I I don't think that should be a thing. Just cut out that middleman and, and, and make the, the information more accessible to the, to the, to the outside community. Yep. I mean, that's right. Like we can only do so much. And like I come out here, I do this podcast or you and I have been doing this podcast this whole season, basically. So you and I come out here on a Thursday night, try and catch up on some of the matches from the last weekend. And Ryan put something out there. Now we can do the best that we can, and certainly if we have requests and everything, there's so there's some things that we can bring up, but there's just other things that we can't do because it's not within the capacity or the scope of what the league is able to do at the time. And um, I don't know. Like it just feels like we could have done better had there been some other decisions made so maybe that's what we can look forward to and helping out and define what the like but i'm also excited to explore leagues like cea i think there's the never remember it the logo is like a title wave but there is that one yeah i know what you're talking about but i can't remember the name either yeah there's a third (laughs) league but i forgot the name of it so I'm going to explore those things. I want to see what Isn't other like schools surge are. Or something? Uh, on surge, upsurge, upsurge. There up it is. Surge? Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Okay. So explore them, see how they're doing things, see what else we can bring to the table. That way, we can even consistently and similarly cover all three of the leagues. I think that would be fun. Being able to go match for match, call out players if they're players that are across all three. See how hardcore these players are. See how consistent they are. Being able to highlight people who might be um, either challenger league or pro league type candidates. Like it's a it's a possibility, and it would be kind of cool to be able to say I heard of them first. But we can't Oops, do that unless we know. Face on my Discord. <laughs> we can't do that unless we know who's playing, when they're playing that they're being streamed and that there's an aggregate amount of data for each person. But I think that's it for CR6 for so far. I mean, between guests coming in and covering any of the open league matches that get some results, we can track those down. But uh, outside of that, we're down to pro league matches that started on Monday, which there was a number of good matches, um, some surprising results. And I don't know about you, but from the matches that I've seen so far, it looks like NA is poised to be a very highly competitive league this season with some of the results that we saw at first. Like, this is also some teams figuring things out, maybe some first-day jitters being on stream. It's a best-of-one as well, which doesn't help the matter. And there's ties allowed, which also kind of convolutes how teams actually fall out and everything. But there is some benefits to just looking at how these teams are playing right now to see who's got who's got that strong start and who's got room to grow. Yeah, absolutely. Um pro league this season is uh, if I could give it one word is is spicy because with all the shakeups and stuff that happen like the teams are 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 different and there's there's a just a different vibe being played throughout each match and um, I want to give a, uh, I like especially like E or uh, what is it E United, um, them beating Tempo Storm, uh, with them being a new a new league or a new uh, pro league team. That's that's pretty big. Um, 
and then TSM beating uh, Team Wreck, which I think is um, understandable because TSM, like I said last season, TSM is, is going to come into the season on fire because last season was kind of them getting their 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 team situated um, and they got their land, their land, or not their land jitters, but their online jitters out of the way and like they got everything all kinked out and they are they they ended the season on fire and i was like they are going to do good things next season and they already came in with a win uh, a pretty big win they beat team Rekka 7-2 and all the people on team Rekka are all are all veterans so um that's you, that was that was that was big to see and you also got to think that Rek was the ones who knocked TSM out of going to Japan so TSM had a lot of time to think about their play how they need to improve, where they need to improve, and they actually got time to rest. They got more time than other teams, or than like Reciprocity and Dark Zero did. So that, that's good for them. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and TSM, like you said, coming out and just dominating Reciprocity 7-2 to two, when Reciprocity is tying DZ 6-6. Like, that's kind of telling you the caliber that TSM can play at. I And I mean, then also TSM came out and 7-3'd EU United. So that the perspectives that you had when we were first talking about the new Challenger League teams coming into the Pro League of a lot of these teams, or these teams typically are very like aggressive and the Pro League teams just need time to adjust to it. That didn't catch TSM off guard. And they clearly did their homework on EU United and, and even Reciprocity because there was a lot of relevant recent footage about how reciprocity was playing so i mean tsm did their homework and that's why they're 2-0 and in the lead of north america at the after week one yeah and um also what i was happy to see uh dark zero beat space station um space station tends to um tends to beat dark zero um a lot online and uh, watching Dark Zero beat Spatian was some some good uh, retribution that I re- and <laughs> that was that, much is, needed for them. So this is after Space Station was coming off of a hot streak. They were looking mean last couple times that they were on stage. So that's it's a, it's a big deal for the for DZ to come out and beat Space Station. Yeah, and um, so DZ picked up Eclipse from the old rogue roster and then skiss from wreck and they have come in and just absolutely made their name known on dark zero um both skiss and eclipse have just been have been on fire and they've just been um here let's actually pull up some uh some player stats from that match um well uh, I mean, Eclipse didn't do as well as he has been, but um, Mint, on the other hand, um, absolutely dominated that that specific match. But um, and then right behind Mint was Skiss. So yeah, Skiss had one point one, Mint one point one or one point four four, and they Eclipse with a point seven nine. Point seven nine in 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 comparison to um, Skies. Yeah, someone says saying it's Skies. I guess skies, yeah, what are potatoes, potatoes, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> skies. But um, next thing you know, all of these player names are going to have the little phonetic how to sound, how to say this thing next to their names, and it's going to have the little microphone so you could hear like one of the pro league casters saying the name. Actually, I think it is skies. I think I I looked it up the other day, and I I've been hearing casters say skies too, so. That is that is my bad. <laughs> um, in comparison to the other the other the other scores, point seven nine looks bad. But um, when you look at a lot of other team scores, point seven nine is kind of like in the average range, which isn't bad by any means. But um, a couple matches um, before this, Eclipse and, and and Skies have just been absolutely dominating. So I'm excited to see um, how the entire season turns out with them on the roster. Um, Full or what was it Bosco? That match, I did. I did. Um, I did catch a little bit of that match. Bosco, 
he's always just been extremely dominant on Jackal. And not because of his, his utility, but Bosco with that C7E is just an absolute force to be reckoned with. Um, I, I don't know what it is about him. Maybe it's just his weapon of choice, but uh, Bosco came in and just uh, just floored a lot of people with Jackals. So, um, yeah, no, I thought I mean, that match I remember was gonna... he had He was target banned the last time we really talked about Space Station Gaming and banning the Jackal was banned against him, and he still had a phenomenal match. I think he actually did better uh, statistically, but it was against a different opponent and everything. But Either way, he is a dangerous competitor, hands down. And honestly, I thought that match was going to end in a tie uh, for a while. But um, surprisingly, Dark Zero pulled through um, in the last couple of rounds. So that was, that, was, that was a really fun match to watch. Um, for, and that was on Monday. So if we pull up the matches from Wednesday, from yesterday... Where are they? Here we go. So Tempo Storm and LG tied. Now that's I, I don't want to say that's uh surprising because I feel like those two teams are kind of on the same level. So watching them tie was not not a really big uh surprise there. I agree. Um, yeah, that's kind of what I thought. I'm like, okay, well neither of those teams made it to um Japan. Neither one of them were in um intention for being relegated they were just kind of middle of the pack there you go so six six makes sense yeah and i'm 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 really disappointed to see that lg dropped tomas um tomas is a really good player and honestly i don't understand why they dropped um i don't i don't at least i didn't see personally a statement on why they dropped him all i just saw that he was dropped and they picked up um Factor. And now Factor, I think, was... I think he was a sub for a while, if I remember correctly. And then he kind of just took Tomas's place and they dropped Tomas. So... Yeah, and I mean, Factor crushed it in that match. 0.92 cost. He was plus 8. He did. I mean, it was just a 2-0 KD ratio. Like, dang. He showed up. Yeah. Yeah, Factor did. He showed up in that match, and um, I think that really helped them justifying that move. Um, Dark Zero and Team Reciprocity. Watching them tie is a little scary um, in terms of future matches because the fact that they tied against Wreck and Wreck lost pretty handedly against TSM, I, I don't know. And Bank is... DZ's best map. Um, it's been their best map for a long time. And the fact that they tied on that. Now, I don't know if it's because they got new players. Uh, I mean, it could be. It could be a key factor in, in why they tied that match or on, on that map. Uh, it could be them working with the new players and maybe just those two players aren't as good on bank as their their last two players, uh, BC and, uh, um, and Nyx. So it could be a key factor in why they tied on that map. But... Yeah, something um, that, was up because I mean, skies and mint dropping significantly down on the stats. I mean, mint's point three four rating. Yikes! Something was not right there. And hot—I mean, hot and cold showed up. Uh, One point three six rating. I mean, all in all, it was kind of a a weak performance from DZ. I mean, hot and cold had the highest cost at point six seven. Everyone else was just barely, either barely above or barely below a 0.5, which is not going to do the job when you have Laxane, Nyx, Vertical, Fox A, and all of them kind of doing work. I mean, when you look at the stats of Disables, Plants, 1VXs, looking at their KD ratios, it's they just barely outperformed them in terms yeah. of stats, so. And and maybe a key factor in why Reciprocity was able to tie against DZ is because Nyx. Maybe he was able to give us some insight on their strats and bank. So, uh, you know, because Nyx used to be in Dark Zero. There you go. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe DZ came up with some brand new strats, but I think that would be kind of funny. 
And it's, I mean, when you look at the round breakdown on bank, like DZ, two rounds, reciprocity, three rounds, DZ gets the third round to close out the first half, and then it's just an even split. Reciprocity, three rounds, DZ, three rounds, done. Like, the only difference is that it looks like reciprocity had more, well, no, actually, because they both had two wins on defense diffusing the disable. Or yeah, diffu uh, diffuser disable. Uh, so both teams were able to get on site, but they couldn't hold it, and then it got disabled. Like there's some weirdness going on there. They're oddly on the same page. Then again, they both went to Japan. They both have like like you said, Nick's trading teams. So like there's a certain level of understanding that goes here, and maybe they just know each other that well. And this is two teams that know each other. Extremely well, who are also quite talented at it at Rainbow Six. Yeah, um, that could definitely be the case. Um, I was going to say something about the operator bands, but I feel like those operator bands are pretty cliche for um, for Bank. So Team Rack banned Thatcher, DZ banned Habana and Echo, and then Rack banned Maestro. I was hoping to see some like really interesting, like spicy band in these past couple matches, but I, I've, I've still been kind of seeing the the, the cliche band. Um, yeah, the new operators. I didn't see them played. Um, not Ka uh, Kali Goyo. and Lamai, but um, it's Goyo, Goyo. and uh, Maru. Now yeah. I did see I did see Goyo played actually more than I expected. Um, a lot of the EU teams played Goyo. When I was when I uh, watched some of those matches, and I was actually really surprised because Goyo is is a very dangerous, oh, sorry, very dangerous operator to play because he's kind of a double-edged sword. Um, in 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 the sense that his his shields can hurt your team or the enemy team. So, um, and as I soon as you have to, be... to retake a site, like those shields that are still standing. Now they're going to be used against you. Like that's that's yeah, extremely you, scary. You have to be very mindful and very tactical in, in how you place them because not only how you place them, but also your uh, your individual um, um, movement around the shields because you do not want to be caught sitting next to one of those shields when like an Asher or Zofia come up and bust the shield down. Um, you know, catch you by surprise, and then you're standing in a in a pool of fire. So, um, it was really it was really interesting. I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch those matches and see exactly how they used Goyo because I'm actually really interested to see um, how exactly they played him. Um, I I mean, I did I say I watched the match, but it was kind of sitting on my second monitor as I was doing some other stuff on my first monitor. But I needed to go back and actually watch the match and see how they used him. Uh, maybe I can, maybe I can personally use him in, in game like they do. There you go. Next week we'll have a highlight on Goyo's usage from uh, week one, and maybe some insight from how how he's used in week two, and then we can have some guests as well to talk a CR six through. Yeah, some some in depth uh, Goyo strats. So just get ready for this. But um uh. No surprise in the next match, DSM beating United 7. Um, I'm not surprised. Um, so they played uh, Consulate, right? Uh, TSM band. It's a pretty, pretty typical band for, for, um, for Consulate. Um, let's see. I th who, did, who attacked first? Okay, E United attacked first, right? So okay, so that makes that makes a lot more sense, right? So um, because TSM is is defending first, they're gonna ban Capital because Capital is insanely strong on not only uh, top floor defense or top floor attack uh, in the CEO, because as I, I mean I personally even do it, you know that 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 Capital can get on the CEO windows and upside down repel. And you know, one person swings in the in the in the window to plant, and that capital can sit there and fire and smoke 
both the double door and the rotate into connector. And now you've cut off literally every entrance uh, into site, um, which makes them insanely strong when trying to plant and cover plant. Um, also with um, garage defense, right? So Capitol uh, is insanely strong in garage defense because, um, you know, once you open up those garage doors, you know, you can cut off those rotates into kitchen and uh, pipes just by using smoke and fire. So um, that's exactly yeah. why they ban Capitol. I've um, been done dirty by Capitol way too many times on consulate. <laughs> um, so... Two interesting bands that I saw was EU banned Jackal, and then they also banned Valkyrie. Now, Jackal is an interesting band, right? Especially in Consulate, because you don't see many teams using Jackal besides Space Station. I, I, I personally have really have not seen a team. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I've really seen a team use Jackal besides Space. So. I think that was a kind of poorly thought out ban in my in my, in my opinion. Um, now a, a Valkyrie ban actually is insanely good. Um, I have been I have been uh, what is that uh, what is that word um, indoctrinated into the uh, the Valkyrie ban cult because I have I I am being convinced more and more every day that Valkyrie insanely crutch operator and it's just i i think i've been killed more times by a valkyrie sitting inside of a window watching a valcam just waiting for someone to walk by and then jump out and kill someone oh, than yeah. i have by anything else and even i've had success has... doing that like that, that should tell you how easy <laughs> it is to be successful with valkyrie and in the hands of these players that's just it's buying on the side of unfair Really? Yeah. Especially in Consulate, because unless you bring an IQ, you're not going to see those Valcams, because what happens is the Valk throws those Valcams up in the tree branches. Um, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but there's a big tree right oh, yeah. outside of Consulate ye or Yellow Stairs. There's, a, there's just a big-ass tree with a million branches, and Valk can throw a Valcam on one of those branches, and it gives you perfect sight over everything, and you cannot see it. But that's it's the broken. thing on every single map, on pretty much any, like, the majority of There's, any upper floor window, you, it, you can just bust it open, throw it out there, and it can land perfectly where you're not ever going to look for that. You're just going to see someone bashed a hole in the window cover, and you're going to be like, oh, someone's going to peek, or someone's looking, or someone's trying to well ease something like that's you're about half right there anytime i see a broken window um especially like in higher like at a really high level play um anytime you see a broken window your immediate thought is okay there's a valve cam out here somewhere every single time and from there you always check the the common valve cam spots because there's always a valve cam in a specific spot that they're trying to aim for and you can find them now Whenever there's like a, a window on a consulate, you know, like if a yellow window is broken, okay, I know that Valk threw a cam out in that damn tree. And I'll spend like 15 to 20 seconds trying to look for that damn camera. And you can't find it. So I just give up and I just let that Valk look at me. But at the same time, it, it bites you in the ass if you don't have an IQ. So like it's vital that you have an IQ on consulate when you don't ban Valkyrie. And I think that's, excuse my phrasing, but horseshit. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because uh, I mean, like, like you're saying, like, not banning Valkyrie is like basically banning another attacking operator because you are forcing them to use IQ. You're sacrificing the the utility to get IQ so that you can counterpick essentially the Valk. But if you don't know that they have a Valk, you might be wasting the pick, and you just have to make the most of it out of IQ. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyways, regardless, um, I agree with that ban. And then TSM ban, ban Maestro, uh, which is a pretty typical ban. No one wants to, uh, if you guys don't know, the reason why a lot of people ban Maestro is because, um, plant time is seven, um, exactly in those seven seconds, a Maestro cam can down you by zapping you. Exactly. So if you start zapping as soon as he starts planting, you'll down him before he can plant. So. 
and that's really annoying to deal with. So that's why a lot of people ban Maestro. Also, his and LMG is is uh, is really good. <laughs> and I mean, there there's you could fill like an entire like hour long highlight reel of how many times a Maestro cam has just ruined someone's day or clutched around or anything. So it's dangerous. I mean, all of these operators are obviously dangerous, but that Maestro cam seems to bite more people in the ass than than other utilities. Uh, fun example. Um, like two days ago, I was playing. I was playing ranked with uh, some of the AM guy, AM guys, and uh, uh, American. I was playing with American. Um, he got put in a one v two situation. He was Maestro. He won this one v two, not by shooting them. But by zapping both of them, he killed both of them by using his maestro cams. That's ridiculous. <laughs> he, I've been raging on the other side. <laughs> oh, anyways, last um, game of the week: Space Station versus Evil Geniuses. Seven two. I don't think that there's a surprise there. Um, honestly, I would say it's a surprise because I, f I, I feel like EG should have done a little bit better against Space Station, especially on Clubhouse. Um, maybe, I, I, I think that maybe it was a, a target ban or a target, not a target ban, but like a, a tactical, uh, series of bans to try and get Clubhouse against, uh, EG that Space Station might have done. Um, but even still, I, I think that EG should have done a little bit better than 7-2, um, especially with the players on their team. So uh, it was, that's a surprise to me. So I, I, I'm, I'm actually going to have to disagree with you. Like, following, like as that match was going on, I was, I was on the bus and I was scrolling through Twitter and I kept seeing the updates and everything. And there are so many references to... EG choosing Clubhouse against SSG. And so a lot of people are like, are you, are you, are you really? You're really going to put SSG on Clubhouse. And so there, there's, it's just a whole list of memes on Twitter and it was, it was glorious. And the, there's just so, so many people saying that so SSG EG chose the, the map. Yeah, EG chose the map. Hmm. That kind of changes uh, my perspective on the matter. EG banned Coastline, uh, Space Station banned Bank, EG banned Cafe, and then Border was banned, and so the decider was Clubhouse. Hmm, okay. But, yeah, that changes my perspective on the matter. Um, I thought Space Station took them to Clubhouse on purpose, because I know, I know Space Station is super strong in Clubhouse. So I thought that was maybe why they kind of like tactically did that, but the fact I mean, that EG they chose... might have been dancing or they might have been dancing around each other, just been like kind of a game of chicken. But I'm sorry, when you get to your second ban and you're looking at potentially playing SSG on Clubhouse, uh I, I think you stray away from that hard. But then again, um, if that's your best map, then you might just have to deal with it. It is the beginning of the season, and I know that EG, um, they kind of like to be experimental in what they do, so they may have done that on purpose. Maybe they, they tried to pull out some strats, but it just didn't work out for them. Uh, Shark Anthony on Twitter was saying, EG banned you on Clubhouse to break up that new SSG third floor roam, second floor bar hold with Castle Vigil Mute but I still don't think it was the right call. So they might have been testing how to approach that strategy and just wanted to get some experience with it. Like, I think that's probably probably the most reasonable explanation. It's early in the season. They can figure it out. They know that SSG is good on Clubhouse, but they want to try and break them. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I'm looking at the, the player stats right now. I, I mean, EG just got destroyed. Like, there's yeah, there's yeah. no other there's no other way to put it. Uh, half of 
half of SSG stomped EG. You know, thinking A with 14 kills, Fulce 13, Rampy 11. Um, yeah. And, and that's with Bosco and Canadian not doing well. So, hmm. I mean, Bosco was still like a 0.8 KD ratio, 0.67 cost and everything, but like he was playing Habana and Mira because, let's see, no, um, Jackal wasn't banned. I mean, he he wasn't going for any comfort picks, that's for sure. Um, but like with Bosco and Canadian not being kind of in that middle top fragging kind of position, like something changed, something happened on that map. But at the same time, just look at the rest of the numbers for EG and nothing seemed to work out for them. Or like Thinking Aid and Foltz. Thinking Aid and Foltz's specialties really came in to cover any sort of strategical advantage EG might have found by exploiting the, like, trying new strategies against the SSG. Um, but thinking Nate and Fultz just had them covered, so it just didn't really break the strategy. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Rough, though. That is rough. That is rough on EG's part, but... um. It is what it is. They made their decision. They they did it to themselves. And I believe that puts EG actually in last. Yeah, after week one, it's... which doesn't really mean much, but like it's still something. Yeah, I think that puts EG in last because I think they so they lost seven two. I think the other the only other team that that bad was. Was uh, let's see. Oh no, EG no. was one win, one loss. Yeah, because EG beat LG, right? Yeah, you're right. Um, I think Rack should be below them. Yeah, Reciprocity and Tempo are tied, or For Luminosity, last. Tempo, and Reciprocity are all all tied with one point. So one draw, one loss each. Yeah. Luminosity, it, if you go by the round differential, luminosity, tempo, reciprocity. Okay. Uh, anyways, I think that just about wraps it up for Pro League so far. There's only been two days of, of NA Pro League. Yep. I mean that's it. I mean we're in that not not like a transitional time but we are in kind of the winding up and the winding down for the two leagues that we've been paying attention to. So until we get some more data and more things to dive into, see what uh Goyo is bringing to the table, see what the roster changes really bring out in teams, see how they're favorite maps, favorite strategies end up changing until we have something more concrete to go off of. Our guesses will just have to suffice for now and see how those power rankings sort their way out. Yeah. Any last words for the stream this week? I know it was actually basically still filled the time, so it wasn't a short one, but it wasn't a super long one either. <laughs> That, yeah, you're right. Yeah, we've been going. We've already been going for about 15 minutes. I mean, that's perfect. Okay, that works. Um, one last uh, little piece of information. You guys see Rogue Pro League now because they bought out EU team. Uh, they bought out the old. Um, gosh dang it! I just said it earlier. They bought out the old um, Giants team. Um. The, Vodafone, the, the old Vodafone Giants team. And then the Giants uh, bought um, the Airwolf team. So, and so they're going to try and win their way back in to, through the Challenger League? No, no. Rogue is in back in Pro League. Yeah, they Rogue is paid. back in Pro League, but Vodafone... Yes. Yeah. They're, I don't think they're in Pro League. They 
they bought the Airwolf team, and I think they are doing um, Japanese Challenger League. I think the Airwolf is Japanese, if I remember correctly. Yeah. The only thought I have behind that is it was a business decision. Like, cheaper players in that region got a good offer from um, Rogue, and then they can manage those players maybe better. Maybe it was easier on their infrastructure, all that kind of stuff. But I don't know really, I don't really know what goes into buyouts like that. Um, there's two things that I think um, that they, the reason that they went to EU is because one, there wasn't anyone to buy Nay, really, because EU bought out the last free agent players looking to get into pro league or that are worth pro league anyways. Um, two, I think they wanted to try out EU. Um, I think EU is a little bit more competitive um, than NA is. And not, I'm not saying they're better. I'm just saying EU is a little bit more competitive because there's a lot more teams. So uh, I think they just may want to try their hands in EU. So, Well, maybe that's something else I can dig into. See if there's more information on that, why they made that decision. And uh, we can talk about that next week. Yeah, that sounds good. I guess my my final message is if you're a player in any of the collegiate leagues, or if you're a pro fan, a pro league fan, or heck, even a pro league member, a player, coach, analyst, owner, whoever, you want to get involved with the podcast and leave a message telling us about your experiences, giving us some more of that insider info that you've discovered. Feel free to leave messages on the podcast at anchor.fm slash check your six slash message. And we are happy to give you credit, give you some spotlight on the next podcast show and play your message, talk about the topic and make you part of the show. So that's all I've got. We will see you next week, Thursday, around that 830 time. I can't count on my buses. I can't count on my kids staying asleep and we just don't know how the week is actually going to go. So we play it by ear, but it's typically 8.30 PST. Yeah, PST. Uh, yep. I keep forgetting time zones. We just went through that back in November. I'm just, I'm still not used to acronyms. So 8.30 PM Pacific Standard Time-ish. We will be back next week for another Check Your Six podcast. Till then. See you later. See you, everyone.